0: How many came for a word this morning? Amen. About 10 of you. Okay. All right. We'll work with what we've got this morning. Amen. I hope it gets a little better as time goes on. But I'm excited to bring the word this morning because I was over here this week in my office and, and there was this phrase that kept going over and, over and over and over and over in my head and over and over and over. It would not stop. Like it was just clear as day. It was there And I I said to the Lord, I says, is this my sermon title for Sunday? Because I I don't know what, what this means. I don't know where you're going with this. And I really felt in my spirit that the Lord said, preach this in church. The people need to hear this. And I think this is for everyone, no matter where you are in your life right now. But the Lord gave me this phrase, and I titled my message this morning, Praise While Waiting for the Promise. Praise while waiting for the promise. Now this is, I think, something that everybody needs to hear because maybe God hasn't specifically said something to you or specifically to you in your life, but how many know the Bible is full of promises that are promised to each and every one of us? Amen? Now there are some people, and I've had this in my life, where the Lord specifically promised you this is going to happen. Anybody else have ever been there before? The Lord clearly spoke to you and said, this is going to happen. How many have waited longer sometimes than you have liked to have waited for it? Right? It might not have happened right when you wanted it, but I'm a firm believer that as we're waiting for the promise, what we're called to do is praise the Lord. Amen? Amen? We're called to praise. Now, uh, the, the, the promise that is spoken is important. Amen? Amen? Okay, so the the promise is here. Say, this is the promise that has been spoken. And over here might be the promise fulfilled, right? But how many know sometimes there's a gap between the word that was spoken and the word fulfilled? So in all reality, what's most important is not necessarily the promise spoken or the promise fulfilled, what is really most important is that you receive the promise and you keep praising the Lord through the journey until the promise is fulfilled. That is what's important because there's a lot of people that have given up on the promises of God because they haven't happened right when they wanted them to. Or they don't believe, it, they don't believe in them anymore because it's been a longer process than they would have liked it to be. Amen? Amen? But I truly believe that we're called to praise while waiting for the promise. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in a couple different places today, a couple different uh, men in the Bible that I want to talk about. But if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 21. Joshua chapter 21 with verse 43 and 45, through 45. How many brought their Bible to church this morning? Look at that. More than last time. Amen. Let's keep going. Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 through 45. It says, so the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. So when Jesus, when it says sworn to give their ancestors, that's a promise he told them and it happened. He sworn to give their ancestors and they took possession of it and settled there. In verse 44, it says, The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as He had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. I want you to think about this. If God has told you something... I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how long the process is or how long the journey is. If he said it, it will happen in your life. Look, I'm just going to prepare you right now. If nobody else came to get excited this morning, I'll get excited. You can just sit there and listen. Amen? The jacket's off now. All things are on the table. Amen? So, the promises of God never fail. Okay? Okay? God proved, in this scripture, God proved faithful in fulfilling every promise that he had made to Israel. But listen to this now, okay? Fulfillment of some of the promises took several years. Study this. Several years. And we want to sit around and boo-hoo and cry, because we're, we're a week down the road and ain't seen nothing yet. Seriously. Seriously. Well, God, you said this last week. It's Tuesday now. What's going on? If you study God's Word and the multiple places in Scripture where God says this is going to happen, but it didn't happen for years, but it happened. You know what the enemy wants to tell you? The enemy wants you to think that it's never going to happen because it's been too long. Well, you must not have heard right. Can I tell you this? When you have a relationship with the Lord and and you walk by the Holy Spirit and you know how to hear the voice of God, you should not allow anybody or anything to tell you that you heard wrong. Because when you're walking with God, you know that you know that you know you have heard the voice of God. God proved faithful and every one of the promises was fulfilled. God's promises will be fulfilled according to His timetable. Amen? You know, we got all these people, and, and please, if you're one of them type of people, get mad if you want to, I don't care. Um, we got all these people that are trying to do all these calculations of God's return, right? This, well, this, 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 this. Oh, it's definitely happening here. You know how I many people I've heard over the past couple of years saying it's going to happen this day? It's going to happen that day. Ever, anybody ever heard the story about the guy who wrote a book, 90, 96 Reasons? why Jesus is coming back in 1996 or something like that. And then when it didn't happen, he wrote 97 reasons why God is coming back in 1997. Just a bunch of different things. Because at the end of the day, let me tell you this, I don't care how much calculating you do, I don't care how much you think you know of the timetable or or the signs of the times that are going on in our world, Scripture clearly says that no man know the time or the hour in which Christ shall return. God will do things based off His timetable but we know that the promise is in there so we are waiting for his return but while we're waiting for his return we must praise while waiting for the promise we need more praisers in the church than we do today is that all right some of us that gather here every sunday got a lot more praise than we're offering Because we're getting discouraged, or we're, I don't know what's going on, or, or what's going on. We're not called to know what's going on, or what's going on, but we're called to know who's in control of everything that's going on. I'm not saying knowing things is wrong, so please don't come up to me after church and say, oh, pastor, it's good to know what's going on. I know it's good to know what's going on, but not to the point it takes you off the focus of what he's got going on. And he's working and he's moving. And if all you want to do is focus on all the negative and, and everything else, you're never going to be who God wants you to be if you're not putting your eyes on him. To be able to praise him until the promise comes. God's promises will be fulfilled according to his timetable, not ours. How many wish it was ours sometimes? Right? Don't look at me like I've never thought that. Liar! Right? We wish sometimes it was our timetable. Like if we pray tomorrow and say, Lord... I want this. Lord, do it right now. Right? I mean, wish that's how it works sometimes. But I mean, no, that's not how it works sometimes. Right? Sometimes God says, "I know what you need, but also I'm going to bring you through a process." We okay. Oh, are you ready? Okay? We all want something, but we don't want to go through the process. Right? We, we want this, we want that, but you don't want to go through the process. We just want God to drop everything in our lap and we ain't got to do anything. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but that's not how it works. Maybe your process to get what you need and get what you want is something that's going to benefit you. Not just to receive what you're going to get, but also help you from that moment to continue on to the next season of life that you're going to walk into. We need process. You can't just jump into something without going through a process. God oftentimes in the process will test us. You're all dead this morning. Wake up. All right. God will often use different things through that time of the word and the fulfillment of the word that are going to make us into who he wants us to be. Because I believe God probably thinks, you know, if I just give them what they want, when they want, they're never going to learn to trust in me. They're never going to learn to lean on my understanding. They're just going to get what they want, and they're going to end up being spoiled, rotten brats. (laughs) Sorry. It's what came out. God might want to take you through a process. God might want to take you through a process to become who he wants you to be. But if he's promised you something, the promise will be there. The answer will come. But you have to say, Lord, the answer's not here today, but I'm going to praise you today through the process, knowing the answer's on its way. We must know and understand that his word is sure. Look, can I tell you this? I've said it before. This book is full of many wonderful promises. How many would honestly say, I know the Bible is full of promises? Okay. We got a lot of people in church that will say, uh-huh, that's right, pastor. It's right, full of promises. But it's completely different when you understand that those promises are for you. I know that God's word is full of promises, but if I don't believe them for myself, what good is it? Or we often say, well, I think it's for these group of people, but I don't really feel like that promise is for me. You're just missing out yourself. If it's in God's Word and it's promised to His children, I believe every person that has a relationship with Jesus Christ can walk in the promises of God. Walk in the blessings of God, knowing that God never fails. Sometimes we become impatient. No? Okay, let's go to the next one. Sometimes we become impatient wanting God to act now and the way we want Him to act. Things would have been different a long time ago if it was up to us, right? Maybe your circumstance would have been different a long time ago if it was exactly how you wanted it. Maybe the world would look different if everything was exactly the way we wanted it, when we wanted it, and how we wanted it. But we always get impatient, but instead we should faithfully do what we know He wants us to do. What does He want us to do? He wants us to praise Him. Trusting Him for the future. Look, we got too many people walking around. Oh, my word, inflation. Recession gas oil look if you've been weeping about that i'm not trying to offend you but when you're weeping and walking around like you're never going to make it that means you do not trust god i know i know i'm not looking for hoorah hallelujah a bunch of people clapping their hands but it's the truth you either trust god or you don't I'm not going to walk around worried about inflation if I truly trust that the Bible says if I walk according to God's Word, He says I'll supply all your needs. All of them. Look, can I tell you this? I can honestly tell you, it's not always been right when I wanted it, but it's always been on time. And I can honestly tell you that I have never, and if I'm wrong, my wife can correct me, You ready? Since we have been married and doing what the Lord has called us to do, we have never gone without. Did I always have everything I wanted? No. Did I always have everything I needed? Absolutely. God has always taken care of us. Even in the times when I was stressed out, Wondering what was going to happen, when this was going to happen, when that was going to happen, but as we stayed true to doing what God has called us to do, God has always made a way. I've shared this story before, and I'm going to share it again because I can share it because I am preaching. I'll share it a hundred times if I want to. When we first came to this church and I started pastoring this church, we uh, didn't have any, absolutely any money at all nothing whatever we got that week is what we had that week we had credit cards that i hated to use i am not a credit card person at all i hate it i hate knowing that i know i owe a credit card company i just don't like it i've always had the mentality if we don't have it we're not spending it that's that's what that's the way i've always been but ready ready for the but When you're married and you got kids and you ain't got any money right now. The old credit card got swiped a couple times. We needed tires. We needed this. We needed that. I'm tithing. I'm giving like we're commanded to do. And and those that think that's not of God, study God's word, please. And let God speak to you. We're called to be givers. We're called to be givers. And we're called to walk in obedience to God's word. Because God's word says when we give, he said he'll pour out a blessing. He will open the windows of heaven, okay? And that's not just returning to you finances, but when it says windows, it's plural. It's every area of your life he wants to bless. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we're called to be givers. Well, people often say, well, it doesn't talk about tithing. in that." you ready for this? I didn't plan this. It doesn't talk about tithing in the New Testament, this, that, and the other. Well, if you want to look at it, it actually talks about more than what the Old Testament talked about. Everything in the New Testament has been brought to a higher standard than in the Old Testament in a lot of areas. Right? In the Old Testament, to commit murder was wrong. But in the New Testament, it says if you hold unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, it's just as wrong as murder. In the Old Testament, it talked about to sleep with another woman was, com- was committing adultery. But in the New Testament, it says, even to look at another woman in that way is committing adultery. So how many think the standard has been raised a little higher? And I think it's the same way with giving. Giving, yes, the Old Testament talked about tithing and doing what God has called us to do. But myself and me personally, tithing is where I started, not where I stopped. We're called to be givers. Givers. And God will bless, and God will take care of you. So, now that that's been said, we were really behind. And for some people, $1,600 on a credit card is pocket change. But For me, it's a stressful situation, knowing $1,600 is on a credit card. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, because this isn't in my notes. But I feel like I need to say this this morning. We were supposed to go away, And I was like, we can't go away. I don't want to put any more money on the credit card. We're supposed to go up north. And I don't know if it was Victoria or I can't remember what it was. I think she said, like, no, we just need to go. We just need to go. So we went, and we went up north. And I knew that that week that credit card was due. And I had the option to give my tithes or not give my tithes. And as the pastor... I was feeling awful, convicted, thinking about not giving my ties. Can I be real with you this morning? I was feeling really convicted about it because I even that thought crossed my mind. But you know what? I gave, and I did what I knew I was called to do. We take off in our car. I don't remember if it was the old Chevy Metro or what it was, and the old Chevy Metro with the camouflage bumper full of duct tape. We, we jump in the car and we head for up in County. Well, I stop and I felt led we needed to go to church. So we went to church. I can't remember if it was a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. We walked into this church. And the pastor in the middle of this service said, Pastor John, would you stand? And I stood and he said, the Lord told me that I need to give you $500. He said, and I know there's other people in this church that the Lord has spoken to. He said, and if that's you, I want you to stand. And people started standing all of the church, 50, 100, 200, 25. And, and it was unbelievable. And I owed 1,600 dollars on my credit card the next day. After I was done, he came up, gave me a check of everybody who said they'd give from the church, and the check was exactly 1,600 dollars. Exactly. It wasn't 1601. It wasn't 15,99. It was 1,600 dollars. That I owed on my credit card. Now people can say, well, that's just that's just luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe when you do what God has asked you to do, God will and always will take care and supply for you and your family. That's what I believe. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but that's on you. That's what I believe and I will to the day I die. I'm going to take it a step further. Just a couple months later down the road, I had $448 on a Walmart credit card that I had to pay. We bought It was something for Christmas for the kids. We were Christmas shopping. I had to pay it. And I'm the person, if I put something on that credit card, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's getting paid when that first bill comes. I'm not paying payments on it. That's my mentality. That Walmart card came. Well, we went up to a pastor friend's of mine's house in Pittsfield, Maine. It was New Year's Eve. I walk into the shop and save in Pittsfield, and there's this old guy barely walking with a grocery cart. He said, you look like you need a New Year's Eve pick-me-up. I was like, all right. Now hold your breath, all right? He gave me a lottery ticket. Oh, sinful! Listen to me, all right? God will take the foolish things of the world and do something good with it. All right? It was the devil's money, now it's God's money. Amen? Amen? Don't want to think that? That's fine. This is where I'm at. He gave me a lottery ticket. He said, go cash it in. I said, is it a winner? He said, I don't give away losers, son. I said, all right. So I went up to the, we had some stuff in our grocery cart. And I went up to the thing to cash in this lottery ticket. And it was a $550 lottery ticket. Now get this now, that's awesome and all. I know the credit cards. I weren't even thinking about it at the time. $550 lottery ticket. So I said to the pastor friend I was with, I said, hey, I'll buy the stuff in the cart tonight. You know, I get blessed. I'm going to bless somebody else. I believe we're called to do that as well. I bought everything that was in the cart. After I had been a blessing to somebody else, you know what was left over? $448. Exactly what I needed to pay that credit card. Now listen, like I said, this has nothing to do with my message this morning. I don't know who needs to hear this. But I want you to know this. No matter where our world is, God does not change. No matter how high the gas bill is, the oil bill is, the food bill is, God does not change. And when you walk in obedience to God's word and do what God has called you to do, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God will bless you, not only you, but your family. And not only you and your family, but you'll be able to be a blessing to those that are around you. All right, now let's get back to the message this morning. trusting him for the future comes back pretty good don't know what's going to happen but as we trust in him and praise the lord we know that he holds everything in his hands and he's going to work it all out so what what is joshua 21 23 through 25 it firmly establishes this truth 43 through 45 sorry it establishes this truth god keeps his word God keeps his word. Not one of God's promises have ever failed. I've got to pray for you guys. Smile. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't care what you walked in here to church with. I don't care what you dealt with yesterday. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when things are good, but even when things are bad. We're called to smile, praise the Lord, because He's worthy of it. Not if He does anything else for us, but because He already paid the price so we could be here, forgiven, set free, and walking in the blessings of God. But He's never failed. Not before Joshua's time, not during Joshua's time, and not even now. He has never failed failed there's an old song we used to sing growing up in church not to pick on the older ones but i know some of the older ones if you grew up in church you'll know this song and some of the younger ones that were raised in older style churches but we used to sing this song standing on the promises of god i'm not going to sing it but i want to read you some of these verses today i put it in my message because i felt like it fit for what we're talking about And verse 1 says, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Verse 2 says, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Ready? Let's, verse 3. There's two more and you're going to listen to them. Verse 3. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord. Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God. Verse 4. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. We must stand on the promises of God. It's not telling us to sit on them and get comfortable. It says to stand on the promises of God. So what does this look like? Some of y'all going to hate me for doing this, but this means this is God's word and I'm firmly standing upon the word of truth. This is my solid foundation. We must stand on the word of God. Let me tell you this. In the world we're living in today, you must learn now, not later, to stand upon the word of God. I'm reminded of the scripture that says what? Stand firm. Stand firm and let nothing move you. You know how you learn to stand firm and let nothing move you? When you learn to praise until you see the promise. When you learn to praise even though the promise hasn't been answered yet. Because the enemy wants you to get off the foundation. He doesn't want you to stand on truth. And there's too many people in the church that are getting off the spirit of truth and not standing on the truth because they're listening to the bull crap that the devil's feeding them. Is that all right this morning? We're not called to listen to the devil. We're called to listen to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you're not hearing his voice, he's not the one distant you are. Is that all right this morning? If you're not hearing his voice and you're not feeling that shower from heaven on you, it's not because he's changed, it's because you have. His word says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6 says, I am God, I change not. He didn't decide today to bless you and for his anointing to be upon you and then for you to get up tomorrow morning and you not feel him. You chose to step away from his covering and out from his umbrella and that's why you're not hearing, seeing, or doing anything for God right now. 1 Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully. Not half of you. It says always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Everybody ready to look at somebody else now? We're going to. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. I told you last Sunday, don't put a timetable on me. I'll preach until I want to preach. You'll get home some point today. Maybe. Maybe. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. I love looking at Abraham. Starting with verse 18, it says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist or anything. But a hundred and something years old, some of them stuff that God was promising probably shouldn't have been happening. In the, in the real world. Things like that didn't happen at a hundred and something years old. But God made a promise. Maybe some things in your life never been that way. Maybe you don't expect them to be that way and you never thought they could be that way. But God made a promise. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. You might think something's dead, but God made a promise. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. What does that mean when it says that he gave glory to God and it strengthens his faith? He learned to praise until the promise came. Verse 21, being fully persuaded that God had power to do What he promised he'd do. Abraham never doubted that God would fulfill his promise. His life was marked by mistakes. Sins. Failures. As well as by wisdom and goodness. But he consistently trusted God. Can I tell you this? I'm thankful that the promises of God aren't based off my past mistakes and my past failures and my past sins. Because when I came to Jesus Christ and made Him Lord of my life, He doesn't look at me for who I was, but He looks at me for who I am through Him. If He had looked only at His own resources... If Abraham only looked at what he was capable of for subduing Canaan and for founding a nation, he would have given up in despair. But I came to tell you today that even when all hope looks gone, and even when things around us don't look good, we do not have to fall into despair, but we can begin to declare the blessings and the promises of God. You don't have to fall into despair. But you can start to declare this is what the Lord has promised. This is what the Lord has said. Abraham didn't fall into despair, but he looked to God. Obeyed God. Waited for God to fulfill His Word. I simply came today to encourage someone today to praise while you're waiting for the process. Why? Because I've learned awful quick. I don't praise him when the promise has been fulfilled. I praise him because he already spoke it. Because if you truly trust God, when he speaks a word, you don't. There's too many people in the church walking around. Well, I can't wait for this happens, man. I'm gonna give God all the glory. I can't wait for this promise to be fulfilled. Man, when that happens, all glory goes to God. All glory should already go to God because it's already been spoken out of His mouth and when He says it, you know without a doubt it's already going to happen. So you should praise Him for the Word alone, not just for it being fulfilled. It's already been spoken. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 37, For no word of God will ever fail. No word of God will ever fail. Well, Pastor John, he hasn't really spoken a specific promise to me. Like I haven't heard like a specific promise for me or for my life. It's right here. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Everybody wants a word from God when it's already been written in the word. We're sitting around saying, God, give me a word, give me a word, give me a promise. There's promises in his word right here. I'm not saying God won't speak to you uh, outside of you just reading. That's not what I'm saying. But you'll never receive a word from Him if you're not getting into His Word and knowing what the Bible itself is telling us. How to live, what to do, when to do it. And we will be blessed if we do what this book says. Why? Because that's also what the book promises. Pastor John, somebody come play. Victoria, please come play. I don't know why I said somebody. I always call on her. Need some music. I need some music for the second part of my sermon. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm just done ever saying I'm coming to a close because you all know when I say that I ain't coming to a close. I said it last week. I'm tired of this whole modern church movement where we got to be there from 10.30 to 11.30. If we go over an hour, it's It's horrible. stupid I'm not about putting God on a time frame if you're on a time frame and you want to leave there's the door but I don't think God's done yet praise while waiting for the promise I believe there's different people in this church right now where God has promised you some things. But it's your choice what to do with them promises. It's your choice what to do with those promises. Can I tell you this? There's some people in here that your kids aren't saved yet, but God has promised you your kids will be saved. Praise Him while waiting for the promise. Some of you are in here this morning might need a financial breakthrough and God has promised that you'll be blessed and you will lack nothing and you'll be debt free. Praise Him while waiting for the promise. Some of you here this morning, you're waiting for a job, but God has promised you, I will give you what you need. Continue to praise Him until the promise comes. Pastor John, I've been battling physically and I need a healing, but I know in God's word he promises that I can be healed. Praise him until the promise comes. Then you got a lot of people. Well, we prayed for healing and it didn't happen. Anybody ever been there? Prayed for healing and it didn't happen. Can I tell you this? If they had a relationship with Jesus Christ and they're in heaven, they're healed. We can never know how or when or where God's going to heal, but we trust He must do it and that He will do it because He promises it. Why? Because nobody knows the timetable of God. We want to give God such a hard time because, oh, He didn't heal so-and-so while she was here or while He was here, but she's healed or He's healed there. God knows the timetable. He knows when you're going to come in this world and He knows when you're going to go out of this world. We need to trust the will of God. I tell people all the time when people say, why didn't God heal her? I say, did you have a relationship with Jesus Christ or did he have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, yeah, he did. Do you believe she's in heaven or he's in heaven? Well, yes, I do. Let me tell you what. They're walking in eternal glory with no more pain, no more suffering. And they're physically healed, completely restored and new walking in heaven with Jesus. But you know what you're called to do? You're not always called to understand, but you're called to praise him until the promise comes. Maybe you're here this morning you don't even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the promise that was sent to each and every one of us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the promise of God. And that promise is for each and every person who believes in Him. And salvation is yours but what you do with that promise is up to you there's a lot of people that know the promises of God but they deny it and can I tell you this right now the way our world's headed it's it's not time to play games with God it's not we are in a dark place we live in a dark world But How many know greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world? And that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if you're a follower of Christ, lives within you. He is the light of the world. And as we carry the light of the world inside of us, we can praise even in this dark world, bringing light into the darkness. I am a firm believer that if you have Jesus living on the inside of you, you can go out in this dark world and shine your light. And if people can't see that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, something's wrong. I'm going to say that again. If people cannot see that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, something's wrong. And I'm going to say this. It's not with Him. It's not with Him. Because if we were truly walking with Him... Walking by him and according to his word and according to his will, there should be no doubt when you walk into this dark world. People say there's something different about them. We're called to be set apart. Told you the second part of this message was coming. We're called to be set apart. Quit blending in and be set apart. When everybody else is saying yes You can be set apart and say no When everybody's saying this is okay You can stand on the promises of God And say it's not okay Because at the end of the day You might feel like well That don't make me look cool Or I'm not going to be able to fit in Or people are going to make fun of me Tell you what I would rather go to heaven being made fun of Hated, condemned by the world Than go to hell Because I was worried about what people thought about me I don't care. I don't care what people think. Can I say this with all the love possible? I don't care what you think. I'm not going to stop preaching, teaching, or doing what God has called me to do. We're responsible to go out in this world and praise Him every day, being a light in this world, knowing that every promise has come to fulfillment. Every promise is going to come to fulfillment. Because He never fails. If you read Matthew chapter 24 verse 35, this is my last verse. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. Amen? Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. (laughs) Can I read that one more time? Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. What's that tell me? When I read the scripture, you can read it and get whatever you want of it. But when I read this scripture, it tells me everything in this world's going to die. Everything's going to fade, spoil, rot. That nice house you live in that you just had to have because you're all about materialistic things, you're not taking that to heaven with you. That nice car you got to have because everybody else its the in thing and everybody's got it and you want it. Let me tell you what, none of these things matter. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice house and to drive a nice car, but it's wrong when you put those things above everything else. I don't care how much money you have in the bank, you can be a millionaire and go to hell. Some of you, this is your first time here this morning, you weren't ready for this. You can have all the things the world offer and go to hell. You can be the nicest person in the world and go to hell. There's a lot of good people in our world right now. Good people where I would think, man, they must have a relationship with Jesus. And then the ones out there that do have a relationship, you wouldn't think that they did. That shouldn't be that way. But you know what I say all the time, man, if that person doesn't know the Lord and they already act like that, I can't imagine what they're going to act like when God gets a hold of them. But you got to pray for them because you might think they're nice. You might think they're good. You might think they're generous. But generosity, you can't buy off God. You can't buy off God. I don't care. I know people who aren't even saved that give big, huge amounts of money to churches sometimes. Or Christian organizations or Christian nonprofits, and they're generous, doesn't mean they're going to heaven. You can sit in this chair right here every Sunday. You can give according to God's word in the plate every Sunday. Can I tell you this? You can even read your Bible every day and still go to hell. Can I tell you this? I'm not about scaring people, this is not what I'm doing. I'm not about scaring people into heaven, but I'm all about loving the hell out of them. And before you get mad at me, think about what I just said. I'm not about scaring people into heaven, but I love you enough to say whatever God wants me to say so I can go to heaven someday and God said, you did exactly what I told you to do. I don't want to see anybody in this church go to hell. I don't want to see anybody in this world go to hell in all reality. I don't want to see anybody on the live stream go to hell. That's why I am responsible to preach that hell is real and heaven is real, but you have a choice to decide today where you're going to spend eternity. Because I love you. If I didn't, I would not say some of the stuff that I said today. I would not listen to the Lord and I would not be obedient. But when you're obedient doesn't mean it's always easy to say and doesn't mean it's always easy to receive but i'm going to tell you what there's some people in this room right now you've been playing games you've been playing games long enough and god's saying the time is now no man know the time or the hour in which christ shall come and it's time to stop floating around doing this whatever you want and saying well i'll do it this day i'll do it that day no the time is now because you're not even promised tomorrow It's time to get serious. Look, there's enough pastors and churches that will not say any of this stuff. And I will not get accused of being a pastor that doesn't preach on the blood, on the cross, on heaven, or hell, or sin. Sin is real. Hell's real. Heaven's real. Heaven's real. All this is real, but you have a choice of what you're going to do with it. What are you going to do? If you were to die tonight, where would you spend eternity? And if you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, well, Pastor John, I don't really know. You can know today where you're going to spend eternity. You can know today where you're going to spend eternity. I am glad that we can know for sure because of his for sure word. Knowing everything's going to be fulfilled. You know what? Sometimes I like to think when he was on the cross and he said it, it is finished, right when he said it is finished, everything was fulfilled. We might not see it in the physical right now, but in the supernatural, it's already been done. We need to start walking around knowing that the enemy's already been defeated, not waiting for him to be defeated. He's already been defeated. Already been defeated. You know what? I believe he knows it, but he's still trying to play games with each and every one of the people in the church. He's already been defeated. And when you know he's been defeated, you know what that helps you do even more? Praise while waiting for the promise. Praise while waiting for the promise. Maybe your relationships aren't good right now, but God says as you trust in Him, He'll turn something around and make it better than it ever was. You might not see it right now, but praise while waiting for the promise. Maybe your spouse isn't saved and and God has told you that your spouse will be saved, but you haven't seen it yet. You need to continue to praise while waiting for the promise. Knowing that His Word is for sure. Why? Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Scripture also says all things work together for good. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Nothing is too hard for God. And when you truly understand that nothing's too hard for God, then you can say, you know what, this looks really big, but I heard the promise of God and I'm going to continue to move forward and praise Him until the promise is fulfilled.